We're getting a swap of the first round picks. They'll go now 13th in round one. The Jets get Green Bay's 15th overall choice. Packers get a second round pick from New York, the 42nd overall choice. That'll be Friday night. Also getting a sixth round pick, number 207 overall, and a conditional 2024 choice that's going to start in the second round, but... Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps in New York. That's going to be a first-rounder. I like my chances on that one. And Jets are going to not only get the Packers' 15th pick, but also a fifth-rounder this weekend. And they'll also work out a deal that is going to obviously take about $59.5 million off the books for the Green Bay Packers with the 18-year run, longest in franchise history, Finally, coming to a close. We got a lot of ground to cover tonight. Glad you are with us alongside, as usual, Matt Z. Hello, Matt. Hello, sir. Yes, big news this afternoon with the Aaron Rodgers trade. Not officially official, but it's yeah, it's, gonna it's get official. Back. And Tom Pelissero is reporting that Rodgers, at some point this week, will rework his contract with the Packers to ease a cap hit moving forward. So this is... A big win for the Packers at this point. How much money will the Packers be paying for Rodgers to play in yeah. New York? How much dead cap money is still going to be on the books heading into 2023? Pretty much immaterial in the eyes of Brian Gutekunst, who says, we have to get this done. Right. We've got to move forward. It became pretty clear as the season progressed, and especially after the season, that 18 years was enough. And quite honestly, as I was arguing through the end of the season last year, with as great of a player as he was, and let's not ever uh, talk worse than that. I mean, right. the guy was unbelievable. Four-time MVP, all these records, fantastic player. Longest tenured QB in the history of the organization. I, I understand. Yeah. But the returns have been declining, even with his greatness on the field. They couldn't get the NFC Championship game at home when they had those excruciating losses after Super Bowl 45 to Seattle and to Atlanta and to San Francisco. Uh, they just couldn't get over that hump. They finally got it at home, couldn't beat the Buccaneers in the COVID year. Came back the next year, another fantastic second season for Matt LaFleur, yeah. a first-round exit You know, after the number one seed was acquired and the path was set for yet another major stamp on the legacy that will have him win only one Super Bowl in Green Bay. And then, of course, last year, the 8-9 abysmal finish to the Lions in the regular season finale where they didn't even reach the playoffs, injured or not. He quarterbacked all 17 games last year. Packers realized that. They drafted a quarterback to be the successor. Waited three years, just as Rodgers did with Brett Favre 15 years ago. And now here we are. The Jordan Love era has begun, and they've moved on from Aaron Rodgers. And kudos at this point to GM Brian Gutekunst. You don't know how this draft is going to fall and how these players that are going to be picked are going to produce. You won't know till three, four years down the road. But you move up a couple of spots in the first round. You gain the 42nd picks. So you have three picks out of the top 45 at this point as it stands. There could be some moving, some shaking. He's got ammunition now to do a whole lot He really does something interesting come Thursday night now. And then next year, most likely getting the Jets' first rounder, you got all of that for a guy that never wanted to play for the organization again anyway. I agree. This is a, this is a big win as it stands for the Green Bay Packers. And I think the biggest win is that they've done it. They yeah. made that step. A, a gutsy, goody move. A very difficult trade with Devontae Adams. 
best receiver in football at the time yep. last year. Uh, but that was, again, not necessarily the Packers' wishes. It was Adams who wanted out of town. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, I brought this up in the past, too. I'm not so sure it wasn't because Adams was miffed at what they were doing, bending over backwards to make sure Rodgers came back after 2020 when he said he would never play again for the Packers. Remember that on draft yep. night? They worked that out. 2021, they were still unsure. They gave him the biggest contract in NFL history to return to the Packers. Still not enough. Adam saw that said, hey, they didn't even talk to me about an extension. Right. Me coming due as an unrestricted free agent. I'm out of here. And he got out of here. And now he's had to do it again with the quarterback. And all reports are that he's going to wear number eight. Yeah, fine. With the Jets. That was his number at Cal. Joe Willie's fine with it, too. Well, yeah, and Joe Namath had offered, hey, you can take my 12 out of retirement yeah. and give it to Aaron Rodgers. So now he's going to wear number eight. All right. We've got the audio in the building, but it's on the reverberating side. But we'll fix that. (laughs) So, all right. So the deal's been done. And again, just, again, the final details have got to take place. And we've got to get to hear from Brian Gutekunst. Uh, You did hear the press conference live on 1440 101.9 WNFL. But in case you missed it, here's what Gutekunst had to say about the deal that was made with the New York Jets. Uh, trade's not finalized yet. Um, we're, we were expecting it to be done very quickly, hopefully soon. Um, a lot of things have been agreed upon, but there's some things to go through. How the talks going to be accelerated the last 24, 48 hours? Not really. I would say the last, I don't know, five, six, seven days we've been talking. Um, we've been talking you know, much longer than that. but. Um, I think the last five or six days over the weekend and stuff that um, there's been a lot of conversation that helped us get to this point. But again, there's there's still things that need to be done. Um, it's not finalized, but we do expect it to be done here in the next couple of days. Yeah, mostly, yeah. Um, but uh, those are significant, so we're, we're not there yet. But again, um, we're, we're we're expected to have this done before the draft. It was very important for us. I think you know. Uh, wouldn't have been the end of the world, but at the same time, I think uh, it would have certainly changed things quite a bit. So getting it done ahead of time was important. Why? I just think certainly the capital for this year, you know, um, was very important. Certainly more valuable than than future stuff. So uh, for our football team, um, so there was just there was a number of reasons, but that's why. And there we are. Uh, Brian Gutekunst uh, went on about a half an hour, all told, but most of it was, again, uh, on stuff he really couldn't say just because of, all right, you know, you're getting this pick, that pick. Well, it's not it's not right. set in stone yet, so he didn't want to uh, leave too much conjecture. But he did say he believes Jordan Love has grown into this position. He's ready to take the reins. This is all about moving the organization forward to give us a chance to stay competitive, moving into the future. And, again, Brian also went at length to talk just how appreciative he has been and is and will be forever uh, about what Aaron Rodgers has meant to this organization and to this team. And I don't think there's any question about that. Oh, absolutely none. I mean, (laughs) Hall of Famer extraordinaire. I mean, what he meant to the Green Bay Packers off the heels of Brett Favre. Who went to the Jets following in those footsteps and then to have the 18-year career that he had and win a Super Bowl and get close to getting back multiple times. I mean, no, just an absolute legend of the organization. Yeah, no question about it. Will be one of the greatest all time for sure on the Mount Rushmore of Green Bay Packers, in my opinion. His career record, 147 and 67 as a starting quarterback. Yeah, take that. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 11 and 10 all time in the postseason. 
but four wins obviously came in the Super Bowl 45 run through Dallas yeah. by way of Philadelphia, you know, Atlanta, Chicago, and then against the Steelers. Uh, but he holds tons of Packer records, obviously. Four years NFL passing leader, career rating leader, season all-time record, yards in a season, uh, touchdowns. Um, and here's another quick note uh, about Rodgers since 2008 versus New York Jets quarterbacks in 2008. How desperate were they? to get a guy of Rodgers stature. Uh, Pro football focuses uh, Rodgers' grade since 2008, 97.9, second best in that span. Hmm. We're talking 15 years. Jets, 54. Oh, yeah, no. 474 touchdown passes first in that time span. The Jets were next to last with 276. Rodgers threw only 104 picks uh, in his 15 years as a starter compared to 267 for the Jets, most in the NFL over that time span. That's how bad Woody Johnson, Robert Sala, Joe Douglas wanted to get this deal done. That's why they were the only suitor in this deal. And they they got it done. Possibly for only one season. Very possible. It's it's in. Incredibly possible. He only plays one year with the Jets, and maybe just that's it. And he's done. So the Jets, did they get a good deal here? We'll we'll see. We'll see. Not if they don't win a Super Bowl. Not if they don't win a Super Bowl. And it's hard in the AFC to, to be the representative uh, in the Super Mahomes, Bowl. Mahomes, Burrow. Yeah. Uh, just in the AFC East alone, it's going to be tough to come out of there <laughs> with the Bills and the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, well, we'll see. No anyway. easy run now for Rodgers. But the trade's done. We will talk much, obviously, more about it in the coming days and let it all digest. But I also think it's great that Adam Schefter broke this considering how much Aaron dislikes Adam Schefter. Lose my number. Yeah. Was, I think, one of the last things he said about Adam Schefter. And is still the one to, to break this story and get well, it out there. Good done for Schefter, yeah. and here we go. All right, so that was the big story of the day. But it's not the only story of the week, for the draft is to come, and we're just getting started. We've got a really good lineup we want to get to, including Bill Huber, the Packer beat writer from SI.com. He was going to be on... Right now, but he's pounding out his Aaron Rodgers trade stories, which we're going to give him that. Makes sense. He's going to get here eventually. But when we come back, guy that uh, helped turn this franchise around and did a little some uh, draft over his tenure in Green Bay, former Packer general manager and Pro Football Hall of Famer Ron Wolf will be joining us as we return to the Narrow Bridge Brew House for our fifth quarter draft preview special right after this. Welcome back to the fifth quarter, live from Narrow Bridge. Here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. Welcome back to Narrow Bridge and the fifth quarter draft preview special. When Vince Lombardi stepped down as head coach following the 1967 season after a third straight NFL title, back-to-back wins in the first two Super Bowls, the Green Bay Packers entered the dark ages. Over the next 24 years, they would make the playoffs but twice have only five winning seasons. Four teams would finish at 500. They would endure 15 losing campaigns. In November of 1991, then-President Bob Harlan hired our first guest to become the PAC's general manager with complete control of football operations. And in a matter of months, Ron Wolf would fire Lindy Infante, hire Mike Holmgren as head coach, trade for Brett Favre, and within five years, he resurrected the franchise with a Super Bowl title and set the direction of the organization that has resulted in 30 years of unparalleled success. He retired following the 2000 season and was immediately inducted into the Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame that summer. And he received the ultimate honor in 2015 when he was enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton. 
He was a regular guest during his tenure with the Pack on the fifth quarter, and it is a pleasure to welcome Ron Wolf back. Hey, Ron, it is uh, great to have you join us on the fifth quarter tonight. How you doing? I'm not doing too badly. Thank you very much. Yeah, retirement treat, you right. utility bills and expensive repairs to your home's yeah, HVs. not too bad. You know, you reach my age. Of, uh, the, the trips you take now are to doctor's office. Having your uh, pharmacy to get some prescriptions. All right. No, I'm doing okay. That sounds good. Hey, here we are. NFL draft is here. They've been doing this thing since 1936 in the National Football League. And good Lord, you started writing reports for Al Davis and the Oakland Raiders back in 1963, Ron. What was that like? Well, not, not like it is today, that's for sure. Or not like it was when I left. <laughs> uh, it was an entirely uh, 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 different animal in those days. Mark, because uh, first of all, there was competition between the AFL and, and the NFL, and we we were absolutely horrible, the uh, the Oakland Raiders, uh, and you know, the only people that would want to come to us were the guys that had been picked over. And thank goodness, thank goodness, back in the day, there were only uh, uh, thirty three spots on a on a roster. Uh, you know, so you're looking at roughly six, let's say six eighty, six hundred eighty guys playing, and uh, so. We, but the greatness there was how Al was able to put it all together, and uh, you know, we went ten and four uh, with a, a roster that. Uh, was amazing. Now we did have, we did have Mark some, some really outstanding players that uh, people can't appreciate. It. A guy named Art Powell who was a receiver, Clement Daniels who was a runner, Jim Otto who's in the Hall of Fame, and deservedly so. Uh, those were probably the three really good. Uh, well, I, I got it. I got to tell you this, Ron. When I was a kid growing up, and we had a little street football team on Beamer Street, about a mile from the stadium, we were the Beamer Street Raiders. So I followed the Raiders uh, in their uh, mid '60s glory run. You know, from the Daryl Lamonicas and everyone else that went along with that. Pete Benashik from Crivets, the whole bunch of them. So yeah, I was very familiar with that team, and uh, he obviously got it right over the course of time. Back to Al Davis, was he the most influential in, in developing your philosophy? towards drafting, scouting, everything else that goes along with running a personnel department? Yes, he was. I mean, that's, he taught me and I learned. and uh, you know, I, I think I learned how to and how not to. And that was very beneficial to me. Because uh, he was such a, a strong personality. and A lot of times he would rub people the wrong way and intimidate people. And... and that was uh, my way of thinking. That's not the purpose. The purpose is we're trying. We're trying to find better players for, in this particular case, the, the Oakland Raiders. Let's just do that. You know, let's let's concentrate on that. Let's not not worry about who said what or whose opinion is is involved here. Let's just pick the player. Anyway, yes. Okay. Answer your question. Yeah. Yes, he did. There are certainly other avenues of acquiring personnel, but, I mean, you always were a believer in this, and I think it's still true with the Packers today. This is the most uh, 
extensive and most significant work a general manager can do for a franchise, isn't it still? Take a player, certainly. Exactly. If you, you know, particularly today, Mark, you know, I've been out over 20 years now, but, but today it's an entirely different landscape for those guys in that chair because suddenly all these owners are now billionaires. So, you know, you better, or get off the pot, you know. you got two years here, boy, you better get it done. Yeah. We're going to find somebody else to do it. And uh, uh, that's hard. That's difficult. There's so much information. Let, 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 let me just use an example, right. okay? And, and I really don't know what I'm talking about here, okay? <laughs> but I look at that kid up there with the, that the Jets took from Brigham Young. Now, they've already dismissed this guy. And that's not how it should be. It should be you've got to give the guy time to incorporate and to learn the position and and to learn how to function within your system. But that's not their mentality today. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's so much information out there right now and so much video and scouting days and campus visits. It's still, and the measurables and everything else, but it, I always thought you used to tell us that it still comes down to the eye test. If the guy can play or not, you can recognize that without finding out what his hand size is or his shuttle time is. You're absolutely correct. It's how they play. And that's, to me, that's the great thing about working in the National Football League is a free agent can come in and win a job when your first-round draft choice sucks. You know, and he loses his job. But that's the fun of that. Okay. The fun of it is to hit that guy. I'm not talking about free agents here. I'm talking about those later round draft choices. Uh, because you don't really know what what you have until that guy puts on your helmet and your gear and runs on your field. Then you know what you have. Yeah, true. And, uh, I mean, some guys... Some guys like doing that. Some guys uh, really uh, create great things in in their careers. I mean, you know, Willie Wood was one of those guys, a complete free agent. He had to to write letters to everybody just to get a look. (laughs) Yes, and to uh, uh, and those are the days of thirty-three man limits. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, you never know. That's for sure. You never know. And Ron, what's the biggest mistake general managers make when it comes to the draft, or what gets them in trouble? I think what what got, I can only speak for myself. What got me in trouble is we spend so much time uh, working our board, making sure that we have our board in order, and then jumping the board. I mean, picking somebody, you've got a guy up there that you should take, but because you have a need at a position, Maybe you go down to the next guy. That, to me, that was the biggest mistake I made. I jumped aboard a couple of times, and I shouldn't have done that. All right. I won't get into any specifics, but I think your track record kind well, of I, I get, Yeah, well, you know, people always, for some reason, people always accentuate what, uh, what you didn't do rather than what you did do or who you failed with rather than who you you were really good with. Well, by my count, Ron, uh, I have you with 10 draft choices that are in the Packer Hall of Fame. 
five signees that were in the Hall of Fame, including two pro football Hall of Famers and Brett and Reggie, and a coach who's going to get there eventually in Mike Holmgren. So I, I think that's not bad. 16 guys in the Hall of Fame around here, that's for sure. Do you ever have a heated debate over a first-rounder or a, even a, a late-round pick? No, not really. We we got all that out of the way before the Did draft. You? Okay. Yeah, we, yeah, we we didn't. Uh, uh, the only time, you know, this is something really. The only time Mike uh, and I had a little disagreement was over Bettis, mm-hmm. and uh, this is when uh, he didn't want Bettis, and uh, oh, yes, he didn't. Know, you know, I remember that, of course. If you called him, he'd probably remember twenty yeah. that, that I that I voted for that he didn't want. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, never but uh, yeah, yeah. There's always disagree- there's always disagreements, and uh, again, that's you know, that's part and parcel of the job. All right, one last thing before I let you go, Ron. Uh, you know. You brought in, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, and Ted had to do a very uncomfortable thing, and Brian Gutekunst is in the process of doing the same thing. I mean, an incredible 15-year run of, of starting play from these guys, uh, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, what kind of impact do you think this will have on the franchise and, and how this team's going to go forward from here? Are you talking about the fact that they're going to get rid of Rodgers? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, they you're talking about a, a four-time most valuable player, a, a cinch, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, but they must feel that they've got an answer to him on that team. So they must feel it's time, time to make the change. And they know. They know. So... Uh, It'll be interesting how this all works itself out. I'm sure it will. Uh, we'll be watching. It might happen no, before, before the weekend. There's no doubt how great uh, Rodgers has been for, for for the Packers and, and for Green Bay. But uh, as I said, it looks like they want to move on. Time marches on, Ron. It marches on for sure. Yeah, unquestionably one of the greatest of all time. Uh, you didn't do too bad either. Ron, I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you got a lot of stuff going on, but I really appreciate the time, and it was great chatting and visit with you, and hope we can hook up again real soon. Let's do it. You take care. All the best. Huh? GM Ron Wolf, always a treat chatting with him, uh, and uh, a lot of good stories in there, Z. No, fun. he's a legend himself. Absolutely, he was yeah. great yeah. with us through the years. Obviously, and uh, miss him. I love. He's one of my all-time favorites in that organization's history. There's no question about it. But we still got a half an hour to go, and we got a draft coming up Thursday night, and it sure got a whole lot more interesting with what went down today. When we come back, Bill Huber, a pack beat writer for SI.com, is going to be joining us next. Don't go away. The fifth quarter draft preview special returns to the Narrow Bridge Brew House right after this. We now return to the fifth quarter, live from Narrow Bridge. Here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. All right, welcome back, everybody. Our draft preview special continues, and a pleasure to welcome back again this spring, Bill Huber, pack beat writer for SI.com. Hubes, welcome aboard. It's spring? It's spring. When did... (laughs) 
<laughs> when did that happen? We, we had, had summer. Week, we had a week of summer. And yeah. Then, yeah. But all right, whatever. There, there was a little bit of hail as I was leaving to come over here this <laughs> afternoon. There, yeah. I, I know. I haven't played golf yet, so it's not quite spring yet anyway. But the draft is here, and that yep. means it is springtime right around the corner. But before we even get to that, Bill, just a reaction to the day. What a day. A monumental day in the history of the franchise. It is. Um, you knew it was coming, and it still is like, dang. I mean, really, I mean, really happened, right? I mean, and they did well. I mean, we were talking about it off air to get a second round pick in this draft, and if Rodgers stays healthy, a first round pick in next year's draft to get that for a thirty year old quarterback who you wanted to get rid of, who you want to get out from under to be forty, who you want to get out from under his contract because you want to get Jordan Love in the game. For all that stuff, all that talk about leverage, like I thought Green Bay cleaned up pretty well, didn't they? Yeah, I, especially with a quarterback who didn't want to come back. Right. Yeah. He said he wanted to play for the Jets. The Packers had to make it happen, and they did pretty well. I, I was trying to read Goody's body language when I think Jason Wildey kind of asked him about just the pressure valve release of ridding themselves of three years of drama. From 2020, I'm never going to play for this team again. 2021 i've got to get better lines of communication i want more of a say to getting the biggest contract to everything else that went with rogers over the last couple of years in particular uh, for some of the things he does and says i just sense that they are whew, they came out of the bathroom washing their hands of this guy yeah you know and, and goody had a great point i mean you, if you're going to win football games you deal with whatever right you, you deal with it, whatever, yeah, yeah. the nonsense, the drama, wherever you put it. If you're going to win games, whatever. But when you go 8-9, then it's time to it's time to start anew. And it, it is, right? I mean, everybody talks about going all in. They, they kind of did, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're in cap hell. I mean, they're, they had to, they've had to restructure contracts year after year after year just to get under the pushing cap. Pushing money forward. Right, pushing yeah. in money, you know, kicking the can down the road, as they say. They did all they could to win a Super Bowl. It didn't work out. What are you going to do? You, at some point, you just got to wash your hands of it, drama or no drama, and beside that part of it. Yeah. I, at some point, it's just time to say, you know what? We tried. You tried, as in talking to Aaron. You tried. It didn't work out. It's time for all of us to move on. And they've moved. Yep. And quite honestly, look, we've talked about this for years. MVP in 20 and 21, fantastic player. But in those games, mm-hmm. he wasn't great, Bill. He wasn't great. No, nope. he needed to be great, especially the last couple of years. Especially this past year, he had to be better than he was, thumb or no thumb, whatever, with a bunch of kid receivers, and he wasn't. Hard to argue against it in in the big moments. And I don't, did he? Is is he a choker? I find that hard to believe. No. Is is it that he wanted to win so badly that the moment got too big? Maybe, maybe. But yeah, well, you know, Forty ers and twenty one. I mean, I realized early in his career you could point to the defense. Yeah. Going hell in a handbasket, but um, it's hard to not look at him these last couple of years. And it's a team sport. I get it. And if they don't give a block punts, I, I understand all those things. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you need to score more points uh, at your quarterback. Kicks, everything else that right. goes with it. All right. How does this impact the weekend? That's They're great up, for the weekend. I know. They're up two spots. Now they have 12 picks in the draft versus 10. Yeah. So I think the big win here is you get their second rounder, number 42. This is a it's not a great top of the draft draft. Like I don't know what Prince is going to make going from thirteen to fifteen. I mean, they're going to get someone they like. It'll, it'll be good. I'm not dismissing dismissing it, but getting number forty two is huge because a that's kind of the sweet spot where there's a lot of players. But like if you need a tight end, there'll be one there. 
if you, if you need a pass rusher, there's going to be one there, right? They've got so many needs and have an extra swing of the bat in a really good spot in the draft. It's huge for them. That's and what I've been thinking. Number for, the first runner next year, I'll, too. I'll, I'll, I'll spring along. I was saying, I wish they had 22 picks because right. they need one of everything. <laughs> they really <laughs> so, are in bad shape, aren't they, Mark? Yeah, they are. So, Just, Bill, going into the draft then, what do you see as their top priorities? You know, I asked, Biggest need. Yeah, I asked Goody this, and he, and he kind of dismissed it because, of course, that's what he does. But you've got – Jordan Love's got to succeed, right? I mean, he just can't suck out there. You've got to give him some help. And I realize they drafted some receivers last year. But, right, they've got three receivers who've ever caught a pass. Right. Their tight ends have caught, I think, 47 passes in three <laughs> years. And their number one tight end's a fullback, right? Josiah DeGore is yeah. not a tight end. He's a fullback. So they don't have a tight end. They have no receiver depth. You've got to give Jordan Love a legitimate chance to go out there and succeed for his sake and for the sake of the franchise, too. So this season would be not the rebuild, as Goody made clear, but this season becomes the kind of the setting the tone for next year. So with if, if they stick at 13, what do you think they target there? Do you think it's the tight end and go get stud out of Notre Dame or is it a receiver what do you think they focus on maybe a safety yeah, that's a good question um, I don't know if I just see man I don't know it's such a it's such a good question um, they like trading back you can probably get tight ends later that you're gonna like you know the receiver from Ohio State um, Jackson Smith and Jigba's really good and he's a slot receiver so you put Dobbs and Watson with Smith and Jigba in the slot and then you get your tight end in the second round now, that looks like it could be a pretty good offense. That being said, they'll, they'll go big guy, right? Hmm. Offensive tackle, pass rusher, that's just what they do, <laughs> yeah. right? But because you do have the second-rounders, maybe you can go receiver, tight end, and the second. I think the guy. tight end pool is really good yeah. behind Michael Mayer of Notre Dame. Right. Uh, you know, Duncan Kane, the big the big Goomba from Georgia. Darnell Washington, just yeah. Just a gigantic guy. Yep. Kid from South Dakota is a good player, I think. I think there's a lot of second-round possibilities to fill that tight end need. And get a guy that's going to start right now in that second round at that position. Right. Yeah, and I'd agree with that. And, you know, you can – we know have all these extra draft picks. Maybe if, if you feel like you need to tr- trade up in the second round, mm-hmm. you've got the ammo to get that done too. So they're in, a, they're in a good shape to really take care of a bunch of needs. Yeah. Not all of them, but a bunch. And I know that Goody has said he likes the tight end room. He likes Taguara. He likes Tyler, Tyler Davis. Davis. <laughs> okay. But in a Matt LaFleur offense... I like the guys. I don't know if I like the players. It goes really well with really good tight end play, and I don't know if those guys are your, but again, your two best. Good bigs are yeah. hard to find. Uh, I know Yash Nyman said yes to the tender offer. That's all well and good. Um, David Bakhtiari is on the brittle side. Um, you know, you still... I'm not sure. You know, he came back and was fine until the appendix ruptured and all that's well and good, but... Uh, I could see him definitely looking in that direction now at 13. I think there's going to be a premier offensive tackle available. Yeah, and you guys know this, too. I mean, this is this draft isn't about 2023. You look I at 2024, Bakhtiari's cap charge is $40 million. $40 million for an offensive tackle, guys. Yeah. Right. And then uh, Nyman will be an unrestricted free agent. So, you're, I mean, you figure Bakhtiari's gone. I would think. So, you keep Yash, and then you have the guy waiting in the wings to step in. I think Yash is a good player, right? I do, too. You know, I think he, Zach Tom is a good player. I'm not necessarily sold he's a real good tackle, but Yash can play left. Tom could play right. 
and that could kind of keep you afloat. Yeah, Yash was good until he got hurt at the end of the year, sure. right? And he didn't play any right tackle in training camp. See, he didn't have the opportunity, so he's going to have all offseason and all training camp to go play right tackle. I do think Bakhtiari's passed all of it. So I think you're going to be good at tackle this year. And then whoever you draft, whether it's Broderick Jones from Georgia or Paris Johnson to play left tackle in the future, the Diamonds, maybe your right tackle of the future. Yeah. Or maybe you draft Darnell Wright from Tennessee who's a right tackle and Nyman goes back to left tackle in 24. I think you feel pretty good about either of those scenarios. So early, early picks off the board on offense or quarterback, running back. But that's about it, right? Mm. Probably now I, I keep going back to this. And I, I don't believe they're going to do it either, but... In 2020, when they had Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams set in the backfield, yeah. second-round pick and A.J. Dillon. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to next year, Aaron Jones, cap casualty, uh, A.J. Dillon, free yeah. agent. So maybe they – I don't think they will, but it, would, it wouldn't floor me that they'd go early because, just because they have. Yeah, all right. But, yeah, that will certainly be a position they're going to look at this weekend. No yeah. question about it. Um, edge rush, safety, certainly I think are the top priorities defensively. Yeah, they went as bad without Rashawn last year. They just had nobody as good as Kingsley and Eggberry played at times. Justin Hollins flashed a little. Right, but they sock them tough guys, right? You look up on Zadarius is a big dude. Preston, Rashawn, those are all big guys. So Miles Murphy from Clemson or Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. And the first one, those guys make sense. They brought in a bunch of guys on visits. Some second-round guys, Kansas State, Felix. I'm not going to say his last name. Yeah. But I don't want to butcher it. <laughs> Got a hyphen in it. He's a good player. He fits. Georgia Tech's Dion White, super big dude, and they were in on visits. So I would think they'll be going there pretty early, and then they have to, right? That yeah. was a big problem when Gary went down. Bill, what does your gut tell you they're going to do with number 13? <laughs> God, I don't have any idea. <laughs> I, I would offensive tackle. Okay. Because I think outside linebacker's good into day three or four tie down. You can get receiver you can probably get. So I think there's enough swings of the bat in day two to take care of those. But offensive tackle, I don't know so much. So I would say offensive tackle. Which will just excite people to no end, won't it? No, people. they always do. Well, there'll be hey, a, there'll be a party. Peter Skaronsky, you get Bob's grandson back here in Titletown. Why not? Behold the story. He's, he's a good, good player. player. I don't know. Really? I don't know if he can play tackle. And that's yeah. that's what that that's what the you know the whole arm length thing. I don't know if I put a lot into it. I know Brian Balaga puts nothing into it. Well, that's because he was dissed because of his yeah. arms weren't quite full length for offensive tackle standards, uh, but he fared pretty well for a decade. Right. That's for sure. Welcome back to the fifth quarter, live from Narrow Bridge. Here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. And Bill Huber, our guest tonight. Packer beat writer for SI.com. Our draft preview special continues with Bill and Matt. And uh, we're running out of time here, but uh, there'll be plenty of time to digest the whole day's events. Aaron Rodgers, the deal all but finalized. He just got to finish some of the, the details. But he's off to the New York Jets. We'll recap all of that in a minute. Jordan Love's era about to begin. Brian Gutekunst is going to try and fill this roster back up after a lot of departures. We haven't talked about Mason Crosby. Is there any chance he's back? I don't think so. Um, don't they? He, they just need to start over again. I, I'm not even talking about this. Isn't even a Mason? No, you sound like Bakhtiari. Rebuild, rebuild. But it, it is a rebuild, right? It is a rebuild. So you might you might as well just start anew rather than. Look, I think Mason's a good kicker. I think his 
leg strength issues last year were the injury, the fact mm. that he had surgery, and then he went right into training camp, in the, or did not training camp, he went from surgery to rehabbing into the season. So I think he's fine. They'll miss him to death on cold weather nights. But you might, you might as well start over. Um, the kid from Michigan, I've been told, is going to go in the fourth or fifth round. Really? For what it's fourth, I mean, who knows? That's what I was told. So if they're gonna, if they want, and it's a oh, bad gosh. kicker draft, but I mean, you're going to have to go get. This is giving me Brett Conway nightmares, man. Right. Third round pick. Couldn't play. Couldn't kick. Got right. hurt. Thank God they called Ryan Longwell. Yeah, and maybe Francisco. maybe a luck into somebody, or you know, they they have Parker, guy from South Carolina. Yeah. And I talked to him. Anyway, his name's first name's Parker. He's a super <laughs> nice kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll see. But yeah, uh, you know. Lazard's gone. Cobb's not coming back. I don't think the big dog's coming back. Although, I'd like to see Mercedes back just because I really love talking to Mercedes. I might have been told that he wants to come back. Really? Yep. You might have been told? I might have been told that. Okay. okay. Might have been told I'd, that. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. I, I think... It's not just an Aaron Rodgers thing. He likes it here. He hated it here that first year because McCarthy didn't use him at all. He totally yeah, forgot yeah, yeah, about yeah. what the hell am I doing, but then all of a sudden... Uh, you know, yeah. kind of changed, and he was really energized about continuing his career, which has been a fantastic career, and I'd love to see it continue. Yeah, here. no, obviously there's going to be money. I mean, he's not going to go play for the minimum, so there'll be money involved in, in, in all that. But there's some loyalty there to Goody for, for convincing him to come back and coming through on his promise. There's loyalty for LaFleur for giving him every Thursday off and doing right by him. Yeah, Man, I'm, you, get, you talk to him at his oh, locker. Talk about the days in Jacksonville where they would just run his – Bleep yeah. into the ground when yeah. he's 35 years old. He sees they killed the guy. I yeah, mean, literally. I not oh, literally, we, but. We just love some, him because he's. Right. There's some loyalty there from him. I realize that he likes the quarterback, but he likes he also likes it here. So That's we'll see. Good. All right. We'll see. Uh, but again, so many departures, so many holes to fill. And again, uh, even with this deal, they, they've got some ammunition to, uh, to, to bolster the whole roster, but uh, it's amazing uh, just how much. Work needs to be done to kind of get this thing back up and try and stay competitive with a kid that's never started before outside of one little run in Kansas City. Yeah, it's all based on all the optimism, at least among the fans. I'm not talking about the, the coaches and stuff, but it's all based on he threw nine passes against the Eagles. Yeah. That's it. Because he was terrible against the Chiefs. He was terrible against Detroit. Not yeah. the Detroit thing was different because it was with Throwing. backups. I get all that, but he was—he wasn't good. Yeah, but he was really good in nine passes against Philadelphia. So what do you mean? What do you make out of it, guys? I have no idea. Have you? All right, Goody talked about how he has progressed in the system. He's practiced much better. He's very diligent. I understand it. He's yep. a great kid. I really like him. Um, uh, and we watched him for as much as we can in camp over the last couple of years, and in practice when we can. But we never really see full practices in the regular season. Have you seen that growth? Again, this is where I don't know because I'm going to say no. I have not. But, again, in training camp, who is he throwing the ball to? He's throwing it to all the backups. He's got backups on the line. He's got rookies at receiver. I mean, I'm not talking Christian Watson, but right. he's at the bottom of the barrel of rookies. Yeah. So is it Jordan Love struggling, or is he throwing the passes to the guys who have no idea what they're doing? And, so, and that's the things that we don't know. And since they've taken away the, like, the really good access to us, we'll, we'll never know um, what's going on behind How the scenes. Is Tom Clements in this equation, do you think? Well, huge, because if you take him at the word that he made huge strides last year. I think he had a lot to do You'd have to it. point to the, 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 the Clements for sure. I agree. And how much is really going to be put on 
Jordan Love's shoulders. I mean, I would imagine LaFleur puts a real heavy emphasis on the run game yeah. with Jones and Dylan, and we really get a good sense of Coach LaFleur as a coach without a Hall of Famer. That's right, and I've heard from a number of fans, hey, they get to run LaFleur's offense. LaFleur doesn't want to run his offense mm. to some extent, right? I mean, what's the best play? It's the best play against a defense that's presented to you with as much as it ticked off people that they run the time clock down all the time. How many times are riders get him into the perfect play call in those last couple of seasons? It bit him on the butt at times. I get that. But they have that quarterback with the experience to get you in the right play at the right time. I don't know how much of a leash you'll have. He's going mean, to have to earn it, obviously. But it is going to be interesting to see how much the offense changed oh, when think, it's just LaFleur's I, I offense th- being run as is. I think this is a huge year for Matt LaFleur. And a great oh, yeah. point. No question about it. It's got to be his system now. It's yeah. got to be his system without the ability of an Aaron Rodgers to alter that system. Because you're right, Rodgers would get them into the correct call, so now that much more pressure on LaFleur to consistently get them into the right call, knowing he doesn't have a guy out there who's going to see things that Jordan Love isn't going to see. Right, and, you, and he can have the greatest play call of all time, but the defense... is going to disguise, right. and the, it's the, going to change, and, it, yeah. And, yeah. and... The defense has done its homework. They're not out there saying, hey, what the heck are they doing? I mean, they've done their homework, right? <laughs> yeah. So they, they yeah. will adjust to what LaFleur is doing, and it's going to be up to figuring out how to make it work. And with, how is Love going to react to extreme duress in or out of the pocket? All those kinds of things. I think he's certainly got the mobility to move and maybe become an Aaron Rodgers of a few years ago of extending plays and mm-hmm. making some things right. happen. But, yeah, uh, reading blitzes, reading disguises, that's going to be a painful process. I don't sure. think there's any question yeah. about that. Right, and that's why I just, again, Brian could talk about winning Super Bowls. This year just has to be about getting him all that experience, right, guys? Yeah. And taking your lumps, hopefully hoping that he's better in October and he's better in November and so on. So this year, you come out of the year, whatever your record is, you come out of the year feeling, you know what, I think we do have the quarterback. We've drafted some good guys. Now we're out from all these cap problems, and now we can go build something next year. So, right, this is a huge year for everybody to set the stage for the following year. But for Packer fans? Sorry. Sorry. I mean, this isn't (laughs) going to be the 80s here, you know, where you go just a decade of no hope. Uh, I agree with that. They'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. I think the... The organizational structure, I think, is fine. I like the way they scout. I like the way they draft for the most part and all that sort of thing. I think they know what they're doing. They've been competitive with great quarterback play for 30 years. Let's see if they can be great without great quarterback play. That's a test. Or maybe there will be more great quarterback play. Maybe there will. You just don't know. Uh, The odds are again them, in my opinion, but we shall see. Yeah, it was in 2008 as well. I mean, who knows? I mean, the the guy does have all the goods to be a really good quarterback. But like you said, it, it, it comes on to reading the blitz and, and standing in there. It, it's all those things that you can't possibly teach on that Thursday practice on Hinklefield. I agree. I think Love can play in the NFL. I don't know if he can win consistently Good in the point. NFL. Well and I certainly have very little hope that he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer when his 15 years are up and we trade him to the Jets in 2038. Right. All right. We'll see. All right. Bill, thanks for the visit. Appreciate it. Uh, I know we're in for a grind this week. We'll see you Thursday night. Looking forward to it, guys. Appreciate it as always. Bill Huber, Pack Beat Writer for SI.com, joining us.